Dexter is stuck with a designated driver. Lundy strains Deb and Anton's relationship. The Neighborhood Watch chases Dexter, and Angel and LaGuardia have a gunfight, and their enemies escape. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I thought this was a great episode. I loved this. This might have been one of my favorites of the, the whole series so far. That's really funny, because I thought this episode was pretty boring. Really? <laughs> Yeah, wow. I actually I actually worked on other things while I watched this episode because I just like nothing was investing me enough. Oh man, it's okay. I didn't like Spider Man either, so <laughs> it's all that brainwashing. You were much man. maligned for that. Well, I was I was actually going to talk to you about Spider Man, and then you deleted the whole post. So I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, too much hate. <laughs> so. I didn't like this episode either. It was really? it was pretty much everything I didn't like about Dexter. Uh, focused oh, too much on family life, and there was almost nothing about anything that I was interested in. Yeah, I quit. I, <laughs> I quit. I thought it was just fine. Um, I think it was uh, setting a lot of things in place for uh, the rest of the season. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, this is kind of our our introduction to Dexter's neighbors, even though we've seen them kind of hanging out together before a little bit. Like, we've, we've seen the guy that lives next door to them who's kind of the main neighbor that is always starting stuff. But this whole neighborhood watch thing just comes out of nowhere. Dexter gets home, and Rita's got a house full of people with the police and... Um, they end up setting up all the lights and stuff like that. So, Well, I will say it didn't do anything to push the story forward. I will agree. I mean, there wasn't a lot going on, but I liked that it was just all the way through. It was so light, and I, I kind of liked that. Yeah. Especially because it's such a dark season, and it gets a lot darker. I liked that it was just, it, there was a lot of humor to it. I liked um, that, you know, even the big bad is just Dexter chasing a vandal. Yeah. I <laughs> thought it was something kind of different uh the uh the other thing too is that this is the second uh trinity kill of the season and the first one was much more graphic and and bloody and stuff like that and i when we talked about that episode i was trying to remember why i thought that that scene was so over the top for for dexter like compared to the other episodes and i think it's because um she was nude and killed at the same time. And that's not something that the show's done before. They they shy away from nudity for the most part. Um, but here and there it'll come in. But it's never... Nudity and violence, I don't think, have been connected like that before on the show. So I think that's why it struck me as a little bit stronger than normal. Mm. But uh, it starts with Dexter attending bar at a backyard barbecue. Rita talked to Dexter's doctor. She found out that Dexter had a concussion and shouldn't drive for 10 days. So now Rita is going to do the driving. Dexter agrees. Gotta, gotta love those HIPAA laws, by the way. She just went in and talked to the doctor. He's like, yep, this is what's going on. Cool. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that, but you're absolutely right. There's no way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll talk to you, strange lady. Well, she's his wife, but even so, like, you, yeah. don't, ha you don't get to tell anybody anything. But, so, But also, like... This is doing Rita such a disservice. Julie Benz deserves better. 
they they've turned her into the mom and wife. That's that's her character. That's all she'll be. Yeah, she's the new Syl. The oh, new Syl. She's Syl. Yeah. She got married and became Syl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't want to go that far, but yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Um, Dexter agrees to let Rita drive so he can leverage it for a long time later. Uh, the neighbors are talking about a vandal. One of them jokingly says that the trouble started when Dexter moved there. One of the neighbors tricks Cody into being pushed into the pool. Dexter sees this and does the same thing to Aster, embarrassing her in front of a boy she's been staring at. I kind of thought this whole scene was just, um, I don't know, like, uh, it, it, watching it, uh, it just took me away from Dexter all in all. I think it's, that's what it is. It's just like his family life stuff I'm just not that interested in. And I get that it makes for uh, higher stakes for what he really is or what he really does. But yeah. then just like seeing him with all these normal people and the way they act around him and stuff, it, it's just, yeah, I was just like, oh, this is this is not fun. You know, I think that's on purpose. I think we're supposed yeah. to feel as uncomfortable as Dexter does with all of that. Um, and he, you know, they, they show that he like misreads the signals. Like, yeah, Cody would be, would have fun being pushed into the pool. Aster is not having fun being pushed into the pool. She's outgrown that. Um, right. And he's not quite on the same page with it. It's like one of the. It's also one of the few Aster subplots we ever get. So. So there you go. <laughs> Is her teenage angst? Well, in this particular episode, the subplot of, uh, like, Dexter embarrassing her over and over again, and then he apologizes oh. to her. So Right, right. Yeah, in kind of, of... The boy who looks like he's about 28, <laughs> who she's interested in. Yeah. Like, nobody has questions, except maybe right. Dexter. Reed is, of course, fine with it. <laughs> well... <laughs> catch him on fire <laughs> let him date 28 year olds whatever yeah you know it's tr- it's true because he was like i'm getting ready to go to miami college but my dad's broke now and so it's like yeah this guy's like a senior in high school and astor's it still looks like she's 12 yeah i wouldn't give her much more age on that but yeah it was weird yeah she's 12 too. or 13 i would say unless you take yeah. into account all the times we've heard astor's birthday party Mm. Then she's like <laughs> forty-seven. If, yeah, if every time they played Esther's <laughs> birthday party, she get aged a year, she'd be the same age as Rita yeah. by now. I'm sure. Yeah, um, fifty-four years. Cody's old. Cody's the same old Cody. <laughs> yeah. No, no, same new Cody. It's, we got season two Cody at least. Um, Trinity pulls up to an industrial building with his hostage. He tells her to jump from several stories above the parking lot. When she mentions that she has children, he knows their names. He threatens to go kill her husband and throw her children over the edge until she decides to jump. She jumps or lets go immediately. Trinity calls her mommy and leaves a smear of ash next to the crime scene. This was probably the most like interesting part. I think the Trinity killer stuff is the most interesting parts of, of most of these episodes for me. And what I love so much about the like the character is that John Lithgow can say almost next to nothing. Like he has had maybe six lines this entire season so far, and he's so much better than everyone else. 
Yeah. He's so fun. He's so good to watch. I would watch that way more than most of the other stuff I've had to suffer through. I mean, we're so chilling. We're what three episodes in, and he's he's been on screen maybe a total of ten minutes, and he's just dominated the episodes with his performance. Like he's so chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also weird that this is the first, like, legit serial killer that Dexter's been up against um, over a season. Like, he's got he's killed people that have that have committed more than one murder before, but as far as a legit serial killer, like Brian, really wasn't didn't have like a huge body count or was being ch- chased by the police. He was completely. You know, getting by with Miami Metro not knowing what was up. Um, season two, Dexter was the killer, uh, and then season three, what it was all about Miguel becoming a murderer, but he wasn't really a serial murderer either. So it's really interesting to watch this, and we've also got the while we are as the audience are seeing the things that Trinity is doing, um, and we know who he is and what he looks like and all that kind of stuff. We still don't know what his deal is. Like, his motives are not explained. He's not, like, really going out of his way to explain to you what he's up to. Um, for the three of us that have already seen the season, like, we know what he's, what that, what this is eventually going to build into. But um, for new audience members or just people watching the show for the first time, it's, it is, like, genuinely chilling that you have this this guy just going around doing these really um, really crazy uh, evil things and he doesn't say very much they don't you know uh, they didn't go and get some super scary looking guy to do it you know it's not like some Michael uh, Shannon type <laughs> yeah or like the uh, the like wannabe Bay Harbor Butcher guy that like mm. was into like tying up women and raping them and murdering them or whatever like he's not over the top in that way either he's just we we don't get what he's doing and why he's doing it he's just killing these people and it's so calculated and chilling is the best way to put it and the fact that Lithgow just looks so normal just like people who really do what he's doing look like you know you, mm-hmm. serial killers who are out there are just like him yeah it's, it's just so good yeah and i will say that i i do applaud the show for showing us that stuff now because like, like at first we think we talked earlier in the season about how that's different that we didn't normally see the killings happening with the main killer or whatever but but i actually am appreciating it more and more the more i see of him the more I'm applauding the show writers and the showrunners for giving us that. I think that's a, a really smart choice. Yeah, because Brian Moser was 100% a mystery, and George yeah. King last season was 100% a mystery. So we haven't really seen this sort of thing happen on in front of us before. Was George King a mystery, or did we just not care? <laughs> <laughs> well, both. Maybe we didn't care because he was a mystery and not Maybe, a very good one. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was. The Skinner. Maybe <laughs> uh, You think it's over, Dexter? Uh, okay, so Dexter's... Maybe it is. Maybe I, mean, it is. I don't know. Maybe it's I don't not. Know. <laughs> I can't decide. 
Uh, Dexter's gate has been vandalized. Harry shows up to nag Dexter to cover it up and not draw attention to himself. Anton has gotten a regular gig that will allow him to come home every night to Deb instead of going on a ray going away on cruise ships for weeks at a time. Uh, Rita is driving Dexter and singing Karma Chameleon to Harrison. It's some funny shit. Dexter's not sure he can make it to the end of the term of his concussion. This was at once the best and worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> it, it's been stuck in my head all day. In, in Rita's voice. And it's it's just so bad. The editing is perfect. It cuts in right at that break before they start the chorus. So it's just dun, karma, 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 karma. So funny. And you got the little squeaky toy, and just ah. Oh, then you look at Dexter, and he's like, "I can't handle this." <laughs> and you, we all would totally understand it right then. He just offed his entire family. Yeah, this has to stop. Um. Quinn gives Dexter expensive Dolphins tickets. Dexter shows them to Masuka, who asks who he has to fuck to get those. Dexter slides them into his shoulder strap, whatever, and says, no fucking, as in, there's no fucking required. Which, I didn't really think that was going to be the case with how Quinn grabbed Dexter's shoulder. It's like, shit, I wish somebody would look at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was the creepiest way to give anybody anything and call somebody a friend. It was it was just all very bad. I don't know. If you had, like, some kind of weird strap on your shirt that was, like, on the shoulder, somebody just, like, slid the tickets <laughs> into that, that's pretty weird, too. It's like, what are we doing right now? Yeah, but Masuka likes that shit. <laughs> that's why he has the strap there. <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, that's what's called a strap-on. Oh, the strap, there it is. It, he got strap-on tickets, so... Yeah. <laughs> so he was all in. Uh, Deb, Quinn, and Dexter get called to the scene of a quote-unquote... of the quote-unquote jumper. Uh, Deb makes Dexter ride with her and Quinn. She's talked to Rita, so Dexter doesn't get to drive himself. Lundy shows up at the scene to just observe. Deb apologizes about being a douche. Lundy talks. Lundy's hat. I'm sorry. Lundy's hat was on point. By the way, <laughs> he showed up with that hat, and I was like, "That dude knows he should not be in the sun." <laughs> that was. Well, great. he's already I wrinkly. Love... He doesn't need any more wrinkles. <laughs> You're telling me that wasn't just a fashion choice. He's got a giant bald I mean... spot. <laughs> yeah. Lundy talks about the pattern. He says to check missing persons, guesses that the woman is married with two kids, and that a similar death occurred at this location 30 years ago. Uh, Masuka drives Dexter home in a monster truck. For some reason, Masuka has a monster truck now. Because why not? (laughs) Uh, Were it not for the karma chameleon earlier, this would be the high point of the show so far, was Masuka driving around in this monster truck. Yeah. I have a quick question or a quick thing we I want to ask yeah. you guys to talk about. Uh, so they talk about the jumper, and they state that she is from Tallahassee. You guys, did you guys catch that? Uh, no, I didn't catch I, that. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if we needed to go back, but I'm pretty sure because it jumped out at me because it says they she found, they found her purse with her driver's license, and it says that she, or the license says that she's from Tallahassee, but yet I thought we saw her going home in Miami. 
because all of this stuff is taking place in Miami. Anybody else? Uh, I thought they said Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, that's what it was. Sorry, you're even better than I yeah. am, see? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Fort Lauderdale is right right outside Miami, so... Yeah, I'm I sure, I'm sure that, <laughs> that uh, uh, Trinity got her from Fort Lauderdale and took yeah. her to the location. So we see him uh, with the gun in the back seat telling her where to go. Um, so yeah, yeah she was she was picked up out of town like that. And yeah, they're talking about how it's weird that she would drive all the way into into Miami yeah. to kill herself. Yeah, it's right. about okay. twenty minutes, so it's not like it's that far. And I mean, Got it'd be it. much cooler to kill yourself in Miami than Fort Lauderdale, really. So. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was further away, which is why Tallahassee was in my head. Because I was like, Tallahassee right. and Miami are nowhere near each other. Right, Fort, right. <laughs> I've never been to Fort Lauderdale. I've been to Tallahassee. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> all, all, all of it's not good. I'm just saying, okay, that makes more sense. Thank you for clarifying. Because I was like, what? You're on that Tallahassee trail. I don't know why that trail. stuck out to me, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Fort Fort Lauderdale, got it. <laughs> yeah, Fort Lauderdale. A little closer. Uh, when Dexter walks into his house, giant security light turns on. Everyone in the neighborhood and a cop are in his house talking about a neighborhood watch and try and stop the increasing vandalism. Uh, Dexter recognizes this is a problem as his movements will now be known. Uh, Dexter spots graffiti on Aster's crushes shoes. He takes an empty can of soda from him, thinking that the boy may be the vandal, and he embarrasses Aster again, this time telling her she's up past her bedtime. Yeah, I always count on Dexter to ruin the moment. Yeah. See, and I thought he was doing it on purpose just to try to turn the kid against her, so I didn't, I didn't think it was embarrassing. I thought it was a, a move on his part, but apparently not. Yeah, I don't think Dexter has that much social awareness. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I couldn't really tell, honestly, because it did seem a little bit like he suspected this guy and wanted him to just, like, go away. Um, but um, it was... And to a not date Deck or Aster because she's 12. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Harry shows up to tell Dexter that he's not equipped to handle kids at this age and to remember that the wife and kids are just camouflage. Dexter exists, insists it's more complicated than that. Dexter matches the fingerprint on the spray can to the one on the soda can. So it's definitely the kid. Uh, Angel, and LaGuerta Angel and LaGuerta fake a quick excuse to leave for a nooner. Deb finds a case from 30 years ago that matches all of Lundy's predictions. Quinn says that this is Miami, Deb, people die. And Deb says, and sometimes they get murdered. Either way, Miami Metro is powerless. Uh, Anton, hmm. Anton surprises <laughs> Deb for uh, lunch. She, he shows up at the office. They end up at a table with Dexter when Lundy walks up. Lundy asks Dexter a question, and Dexter takes it as an excuse to head off and work on some more stuff. Uh, Deb shares her findings with Lundy. She's almost giddy. Anton starts looking annoyed. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't enjoy a nice lunch with your ex uh, grandpa and uh, <laughs> and your and your and your new uh, drug dealer boyfriend? No, I mean, th that's an awkward situation for anybody, just in normal circumstances. But there's so much going on here, and then like, of course, Deb's 
love life is always a thing every season and it's just so complex this time which I actually kind of enjoy a little bit because I don't care for Anton too much but I love Lundy so I love that he's back and in the mix again and it's been a treat thus far for me yeah I never understood the Anton thing I agree with you on that he's such a boring character he's not a good foil for her and by the way they're just freely discussing this case in front of him Yes. Again, no issues with this. Let's just openly talk about it. Let's pull out some pictures. Let's talk about it over lunch with somebody who is not even affiliated with law enforcement. Not only that, who is a criminal. Quinn probably put in his report that it's Miami, some people die in an official <laughs> document. <laughs> probably. And, and this, this shocks you that's in what, any way. That's what he put in the field that says uh, case closed. Uh, reasoning. Yeah. This is Miami. <laughs> this is Miami. Some, Some people, people die. die. Miami. God. I expect better of Lundy, at least. <laughs> yeah. I expect better of Lundy. Well, he's not on the case. He's a civilian, too, technically. He doesn't count because yeah. he's Lundy. Yeah. And I think they do their best detective work when they make a, a, a new, you know, quick out for a nooner, a nooner quickie. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what they're more invested in is each other than solving crimes yeah yeah i think uh you know last season they gave us a lot more uh a lot a lot more of the just relationship development between deb and anton and this season he's just been the boyfriend that's all he does so uh i think they're definitely trying to steer us in lundy's direction rather than anton's they didn't have to steer very hard no uh, LaGuerta says you give good room service to Angel. Angel says we should have lunch out more often. Barf! Um, they check the apartment of the long shot lead, but no one is home. As they're walking back, two people approach carrying groceries. Angel identifies himself, and they start shooting. The suspects escape. Because of course they do. It's not like any of them are trained to shoot a gun. Well... <laughs> Batista's been shooting his other gun, and he's a little wiped out, so... Hey. He didn't get Women a, weak in the legs, man. He didn't get his nap. <laughs> Something. Dexter's stalking outside the Vandal's house. He sees the Vandal come out after his dad leaves. Dexter approaches the kid with a ski mask on, but just as he's about to scare the kid, a group of patrolling neighbors spots Dexter and shouts, The Vandal! Let's get him! Dexter says, it's watch and report, assholes, not watch and chase. <laughs> the neighbor tells Dexter... Uh, I'm sorry, I just was like... <laughs> I was like, that's so stupid, because it's just such a silly little moment. And then, yeah, he gets chased down by a group of people who should clearly not be chasing him down. <laughs> right. Dude, they were super so, excited. Florida's a stand-your-ground state. Yeah, not a chase your ground state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Jeez. They get away with it. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a hero. <laughs> Everybody dies. Some of them are murdered. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Miami. I it's mean, Miami. Yeah. The neighbor tells Dexter and Rita about the latest vandalism. A car window was smashed and the brake taken off. The car crashed into Cody's bike up on the lawn. They somehow didn't hear that happen in the middle of the night a car coming up on their lawn and hitting a bike um Masuka has a pile of dummies to drop to try to figure out whether the jumper jumped or was pushed 
Masuka has a heart-to-heart with Dev about Lundy's return that ends with him saying, maybe if you know it's a little weird, it helps. She's like, thanks. <laughs> We're just... Yeah, because... Go ahead. Well, yeah, Masuka's the guy who should be giving her advice about the love triangle, for sure. He is the expert of things that are weird, though. Mere, mere yeah. seconds, mere seconds after saying... I put a short skirt on her so we can see her panties as she falls when she's talking about when he's talking about the dolls that he's throwing off of a balcony. Yeah, in relation to a dead woman. Yeah. Right. It's never any better. Good old Masuka. <laughs> uh, Trinity returns the vial of ashes to an urn and pours a tumbler of blend fittage and water. He takes the water and tells the non-existent whiskey drinker to drink up, you're up next. The journalist stops by to try and get some info from Quinn. They make plans to meet up later that night. Quinn confronts Dexter to ask why, what it's going to take for things to be good. Dexter says he doesn't care if Quinn's a dirty cop. Quinn bristles at this, but Dexter assures him he truly doesn't give a shit. Quinn says Dexter can't understand because he's not a cop. This, this... It was why I hated Quinn. Like, <laughs> all of this crap, I was just, you're the worst, Quinn, go away. Like, every time he was on screen during these these terrible moments, I just, I wanted him to go away. I wanted Dexter to just break his coat and kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a question of, again, like, what to do with the character, and they had made progress last season in having him not be a dirty cop, and now he's just a dirty cop in front of Dexter in broad daylight. He 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 was yeah. independently wealthy, and now he's not. Yeah, they just cannot <laughs> figure out what to do with him. So, uh, Deb and Dexter have a talk about the fact that they both have people waiting at home. Deb laughs. We're complaining that we have people that want to be with us. Dexter patches things up with Aster. She tells him, it's okay, you can be dumb. Uh, Angel and LaGuerta talk about how they need each other, despite LaGuerta's growing concern that they will be found out. The journalist is giving Quinn a massage and trying to get more information from him. Quinn tells her about Lundy, the dummies, and the serial killer theory. Yeah, that's fun, right? Uh, <laughs> a little top, topless massage uh, for some information. I mean, if... It's not bad enough that he's already taken money from, you know, the crime scenes, but now we see this. We get more insight to Quinn, I think, this season, obviously, than last. Well, and um, he's, the reason he's all, like, stressed out and angry is because of his run-in with Dexter. That's what he's right. pissed off about. So, Dexter, like, inadvertently got him stressed out, and he got drunk and told his girlfriend, like, all this stuff that was going on that she's just going to turn around and use for her newspaper articles. Which, duh, yeah. what an idiot. Yeah, because anybody who works for Miami Metro will freely give out any information <laughs> for any right. reason whatsoever. Yeah. Get a coffee, tell the barista. I mean, go to McDonald's, tell the cashier. Just well, she took, her, she took her boobies out. I mean, he's going to yeah. tell her anything. <laughs> That's a I was going to say, I mean, I do feel like it's an effective tactic, so... <laughs> Can't really blame Quinn. 
It's like she has her shirt on, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to tell you anything. And then she takes her shirt off, and he's like, okay, okay, I'll talk. Blood, blood rushing away from brain, can't decide. Yeah. Uh, Deb and Lundy are having drinks and talking about the case. Anton checks in and asks if she wants him to get food. She begs off. Dexter goes after the vandal again, but he finds out it's the kid's father who's been doing the vandalizing. Dexter tells him if he doesn't stop that he'll come back there and leave with his head in a bag, and he already has the bag. That line was so wonderfully hokey. Yes. I just, yeah. I loved it. In, in the Batman voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's like his real voice is not that far off from his Batman or grovelly voice. <laughs> So it's it's almost like how does this guy who's his neighbor and a person who interacts with him on a daily basis not recognize at least a subtle tone in his voice and go, Dexter? <laughs> and well, yeah, and like... the really close eye contact too. Between the eye contact and the the voice, you think he maybe catch some similarities. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if he like knew who it was and was just still afraid. Like, damn, okay, I'm sorry. But uh, the guy attacks him. Dexter easily pushes him off. Turns out the guy's been acting out because he's about to lose the house. Dexter threatens the kid, and the guy relents. Uh, when Dexter gets home, he sees the mark is still on his gate. Dexter breaks out the security lights with a broom or something, and Rita sees him do this from the uh, from the porch. And they make eye contact, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that ending was also a little bit like... Okay, no, yeah. nothing needs to be said, <laughs> but like it, uh, it I, I'm assuming it doesn't get addressed later. I don't know. It was just like a very, yeah, weird moment. A lot of weird moments for this one. Well, like they wanted to make it a big cliffhanger moment, but really, it's not that interesting. He was busting out some lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird, a little bit weird is kind of the the theme. That's what Masuka was talking about. When you know it's a little bit weird, that makes it better. Does it? This was directed by Marco Siega, who's a prolific uh, director on Dexter, but this was his final episode. He directed a total of nine between season two and season four. Who, pray tell, was the writer? You'll never guess. It Why, it was Scott Buck. I liked a Scott Buck episode. You sure did. Are you serious? Uh, you, you should feel dirty. Can I change my answer? <laughs> I feel so ashamed. Just fire me from this thing. Just, <laughs> I just can't. I can't continue on. Yeah. Scott Buck, I'm of course, so the showrunner of Dexter from season six through eight. Wrote a total of three episodes for seasons two through five, and two for each through uh, season six through eight. Uh, so that brings us to the best line of the episode. I actually really like the I already have the bag line. <laughs> it's so terrible. It was either that or Karma Chameleon. I'm going to take your head. I'm going to take leave with your head in a bag and I already have the bag. God, that is a bad line. It it's reminds so me good. of uh uh have you seen the movie Matilda? Like with Danny DeVito, well, like and, a long time. Like a long time ago. <laughs> her her brother is like throwing marshmallows at her. He's like, have a marshmallow. Have another marshmallow. It's like the same thing as, and I already have the bag. <laughs> I got the, uh, 
I got the really hokey uh, Duke Nukem feel off of it, you know. Yeah. I'm here to kick ass, take names, and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. And, uh, that's that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite for this one, or I thought was the best line, was uh, "Fear is a powerful motivator." Wow. Good line. <laughs> <laughs> you went deep. Yeah. I where mean, sometimes I, I don't know where I'm coming from with these, you know, so that's what I chose. <laughs> and I picked the line, do you like the dolphins? I'm more of a manatee guy. And here you are going with this deep fear as a motivator shit. I like well, the Scott I'm... Beck episode. I'm picking funny lines. You're going serious. This is just, it's it's time. Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> uh, worst line of the episode. Can a truck be a, be counted as a worse line? Because Masuka's truck. <laughs> Masuka's truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, counting. yeah. I, I yeah. had, I put her in short skirts so when she falls we can see her panties. Another Masuka classic. Yeah. Me too. I, se- I second the panties line. <laughs> that was going to be my pick if I was vetoed on using the truck as a line. but. <laughs> um, and then oh, the... Yeah. Uh, Chicky Hines memorial performance of the episode. Masuka's truck. That's what I put too. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's I, so good. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It was okay. so hilarious. They had all the like sparks and stuff painted onto it. <laughs> and wasn't he listening to something from like he Oklahoma? He was listening to country. Yeah, yeah. Was he was like yeah. slamming country in there. It was like, so who are good. you, Masuka? I didn't even oh, notice man. there was music playing. I couldn't take my eyes off of the oh, yeah. truck. Now he was blasting <laughs> some country song. Oh, so good. God. Just another, like, the absolute most annoying thing for Dexter to have to deal with on his ride home. Masuka's yeah. monster truck of country music. Well, that does it for this episode. Uh, thanks, guys, for helping me with the podcast. Thanks, everybody out there for